Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. and I are here to welcome you back to part two. We were just talking about Leslie G. Edmonds, right? Yep. They had, uh, well, they didn't. She had a daughter. Yes. She had a daughter named Pearl. From a previous marriage. From a previous marriage who later married Anthrax's rhythm guitarist, Scott Ian. Yes. And he actually adopted her, if I recall. He, he did adopt her. What what year was it? And they that? had a daughter together, too. Up. Um, yeah, Meatloaf adopted her in, it uh, doesn't say. Um. She, Pearl, Pearl a day. So she did take Meatloaf's last yeah. name. Yep. Uh, born in 1975, an, an American singer. Um, she was a backup vocalist for Motley Crue. No, no kidding. Yes. And she okay. she co-organized the hard rock group Motor Sisters with her husband Scott Ian singing backup vocals. Uh, there you go. That's all I have on Pearl. Um, Do I need to start putting on some sunscreen? Because look at my head compared to my arm. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I would show you my tan, but it won't show up with this pink background. <laughs> I, I remember, uh, what did I remember? Um, well, God, it's gone now. Okay, never mind. Meatloaf legally changed his first name from Marvin to Michael because he was haunted by a Levi Strauss commercial. <laughs> Marvin don't fit in these jeans. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, he was a huge fan of sports, especially the New York Yankees. And that's all I'm going to say about that because none of us like the New York Yankees. <laughs> I remember, I remember the story. It was when they were recording that out of hell. Um, What's the, the, uh, shoot. What is the song where the, he's riding the motorcycle and he dies. Wh which song is that? Anyway, 
they wanted this like sound Rocky effect. horror picture show no 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 out of bad out of hell uh i don't have anything anything written about that yeah okay but so they wanted this like motorcycle sound and todd is is like going i'll don't worry about it i'll get it i'll get it and finally like meatloaf and steiner were like we, we need this like sound effect of a motorcycle and todd runger just grabs a guitar cranks up the amp and just rips this motorcycle sounding guitar sound effect out and it's like one take it's on the album anyway. <laughs> uh he was uh meatloaf was such a fan of the new york yankees that when they recorded bad out of hell paradise by the dashboard lights the play-by-play well that's right it was a yankees game is actually done by phil rizzuto a player for the new york yankees i forgot about that and he's in wait did that say oh wow he was elected to the national baseball hall of fame in 1994 his nickname was my nickname the scooter <laughs> so did you know that in disney's 96 animated film the hunchback of notre dame they actually wanted meatloaf as quasimodo oh that would have been good i know right Oh, that would have been good. He was their first pick, but he wasn't cast. He read for it, and he was almost cast. Um, the, the the directors were very impressed by him, but the part ultimately went to Tom Holche. But yeah, that would have been awesome. Oh, I forgot he was in Fight Club. Yeah. Did you know that he picked up a hitchhiker one time? No. He picked up a hitchhiker in California. Uh, spotting this guy hovering around Sunset Boulevard. This guy instructed him to drive to Dennis Wilson's house where he insisted that Meatloaf could meet a beach boy. There were no beach boys there, although apparently it was actually Dennis Wilson's house. Oh, God. The hitchhiker was Charles Manson. Wow. Wow. Manson offered to tell Meatloaf his future, although he insisted that none of it really mattered as the world was going to end anyway. Meatloaf didn't think much of the incident until much later when the cult leader made headlines for his crimes. Can you imagine picking up a hitchhiker and later going, oh, good, that was Charles Manson. Oh, good. L.A. Wow. L.A. is like a box of uh, grape nuts. What ain't fruits and nuts is flakes. Um, Jeez, I don't know where the hell you found that because I don't see it near anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know he was an avid collector of rubber ducks? I did know that. Okay. Yeah, he had like a hundred of them. He'd like take them on tour with them and like fans would send them 
they hit a Frankenfurter duck you know, doing the Rocky Horror Show. That's a, uh, they, they used to, on meatloaf tours, have rubber ducks out on the production desk with the soundboard and the light board. There were rubber ducks all, all over. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Reminds me of Janisco. She used to have the, the little duck pins. Remember those? Shit, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I I told you the story about Francis, right? Maybe. Frank Francis Aronson was or is, she still is, Broadway designer, um, good friend of mine. She uh she lit falsettos the first time that mm. falsettos happened okay she came down to dallas theater center to light um a christmas carol for us okay and i go i set up the desk and all this stuff get it all nice and pretty she shows up and she has a bag full of dinosaurs and what were those troll dolls <laughs> It's kind of a mix between Yondu, Starship, and. <laughs> I was like, so, Francis, and she's like, yes. I said, I'm going to have to call you the crazy dinosaur lady. <laughs> she went, that's fine. Everyone else does. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, so that was that was the movie Serenity. He had the dinosaurs and he's playing with them. And it's funny how the the character of of the band or um, whatever kind of bleeds into the guys that are working with them because the whole rubber duck thing spread <laughs> throughout the whole production crew. They they were everywhere. <laughs> you would go and hop onto the production bus of a meatloaf tour and there'd be freaking rubber ducks everywhere <laughs> even in the bathroom that we're not allowed to use <laughs> because nobody pees on the bus oh very very simple rule the bathroom on a bus is to never be used. The shower on a bus is for storage of guitars only. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what do you do, piss in bottles then? What the? Out the you window? wait until we stop. <laughs> Which, on one of the tours that I was on, because I was drinking very heavily back then, was very hard. <laughs> give me that gatorade bottle very hard and each gig was like 500 miles away from each other uh, it's, it was like you've got to be kidding me that's that's six hours guys six seven well seven. you figure the driver is gonna stop at least you know because he can't just and he's froze again
put it on autopilot, go take a leak and come back. So. <laughs> Literally. Am I back? You're back now. Okay. <laughs> and like, like everything that you said while you were gone came through, but it comes through like compressed <laughs> wait i was saying i was saying you figure that the the, the driver has got to stop and take a leak sometimes so well yeah the driver had to stop every four hours i think it was to take a break so we did get a little bit of relief now motley crew tour eh, there was no relief <laughs> i was good well, did you also know Scott? You want another line of Coke? Sure. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> did you did you know that Foreigner actually asked him to be their singer? I did know that. Like I, I can't. That one I cannot imagine. You know who I really wanted. To ask Meatloaf to be the singer. Journey. Oh. I'm, I'm still having trouble. I, that would take me a while to process that one, too. Journey. Right, Can after, you imagine open right arms? after Steve Perry left. Huh. Oh. That, that would have been, been a bit of all right. Yeah. Would have been some. <laughs> now, if I were Journey right now, I would fire Arnell and hire Dowtry to come see you because that rendition of that song was fucking tits. <laughs> yeah, Meatloaf actually turned down Foreigner because he wanted to stay with Jim Steinem. Um, so yeah. But yeah, the, the possibilities. Oh my God. There's a touch of madness around here. I would say that would have been one of the funnest things I've ever seen. Foreigner? Oh. Ooh. What a now, an- another little tidbit I found out was National Lampoon. Um, they wanted John Belushi to play the role of Bluto, but they decided that Meatloaf would be the backup if John was unavailable. So can you imagine Meatloaf as Bluto in Animal House? Oh, God. <laughs> it would have been a little little less subtle and a lot more manic. <laughs> mm. That would have been some good stuff. So how many times was he married? I think it was just twice. Twice? Yeah, I want to say twice. Uh Deborah Gillespie was the second one. Uh, And I cannot find anything about her. Very private woman. There we go. Um, She was actually married to him when he died. Okay. And uh, did they have children together? I can't remember. Uh, they married in 2007 and stayed together for 14 years until his death 
And no, it they did not have kids. Okay. Because his first wife, they had Amanda. Right. Which I, who, I guess we didn't talk about her, but... Um, that's known for her recurring role as Dora May Dreyfus on the first season of the HBO series Carnival. Did not know that. Did not know that either. Um, let's see here. Deborah Gillespie. They moved back to Austin, Texas in 2012 when he was with Deborah. Yep. Uh, well, they had... They had the house in Austin, and then but they also had Tennessee. the yeah. house in Tennessee. I'm, I'm guessing she might have had family there. I, I don't know. Uh, that could very well be. Um, Gillespie has no children with uh, meat. With meat. Yeah. Um, she was an older lady too. Although he was old. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Gillespie and Michael Lee a day don't share any children together. Michael had a daughter with his ex-wife and he adopted a girl as well. Uh, afterwards, Meatloaf and his ex-wife welcomed daughter Amanda a day, uh, blah, 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 blah. So no children whatsoever. I, I forgot that in 03, he was diagnosed with Wolf Parkinson's white syndrome. Yes. Which, uh, electrical system to the heart. Yeah. So he had heart yeah, issues. Don't, don't mistake that with Parkinson's. No, no, no. Um, it's not Parkinson's disease. It's Parkinson's white syndrome. And it basically, well, like Parkinson's, it attacks the neurological system and shuts it down. But this one, this syndrome, attacks the, the heart. heart. Yeah. Um, and he had asthma. He actually fainted on stage in Pittsburgh in 2011 due to an asthma attack. Uh, collapsed on stage in Edmonton in 2016 due to severe dehydration. Interesting. Um, I guess now is the time to discuss the uh, the drug addiction. Oh, yeah. Bad out of hell messed him up because he went from some country boy from Dallas to mega stardom. And he, he, I think he did it all. I, I, I don't think there was a drug he didn't try. <laughs> well, his, uh, oh, here we go. However, Meatloaf was ill-prepared for the demand of overnight celebrity success and continuous touring. Overwhelmed by his new star status, he suffered a cocaine and alcohol-fueled breakdown, during which he was supported by his wife, Leslie Edmonds, whom he married in 1978. There were about... 
three tours that were interrupted by his drug binge. I can see that. And cocaine was his favorite thing, but he was also a pill popper. Well, you got to come up, you got to come down. Well, anybody who's gone to see a doctor for something like a broken arm, a broken clavicle, whatever, you're going to get hydrocodone. You're no. going to get some sort of uh, drug that is going to make you feel real good. Sort of pain relief. Unfortunately, he was injured quite a bit throughout his life. And that really kind of got him into the the drug thing. The um the cocaine addiction, that was more of the stardom hitting. Oh, I'm a well, you star. gotta get you, you gotta get up for a show. So what do you do? Well, there's cocaine everywhere. Let's do that. Trust me, the cocaine trip is wickedly weird. It is. I went three months without sleeping. I I never got into, well, I never had enough money to get into that, but I never got into it for more than anything as like a caffeine kick while I'm going to load out and load in, but. The band I never that, partied with it. The band I was touring with made sure that it was readily available. Want another one? Okay. Couldn't walk anywhere on that <laughs> bus and not see cocaine. I had to leave the tour after three months because I hadn't slept. But I was skinny as I've ever been in my entire life. 150 pounds. <laughs> 31 inch waist. <laughs> I was like, damn, I've got to stop this. <sighs> um, yeah, for my own health, I stopped it. <laughs> Tragically, <clears throat> the... um. The cocaine, the alcohol, it had an effect on his body. Um, I don't know if people noticed, but meatloaf went from 300 300 down to about 220 in a span of about a year. And that was just drug use. Um when you're high on cocaine, you, you exercise a lot. <laughs> don't feel like eating. I don't know why. I'm gonna walk Still around. Relax. I'm gonna go walk around the stadium one more time. <laughs> how many yeah, steps? Of energy. This is awesome. How many steps do you have today? Twenty-five thousand. <laughs> how do you know? I counted them. <laughs> And then I went backwards to count them again. <laughs> Just to make sure I didn't screw them up the first time. <laughs> Way before Apple Watches were invented, oh. there was cocaine. 
<laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> Taking mighty shit. Oh, thank you, Sing. Um, but he ended up cleaning himself up. And when I say he cleaned himself up, he hit rock bottom, lost every dime he had ever had in his life. He had no money left. Yeah, it, it was it was really sad when I'm like watching the behind the music with Meatloaf. And it's like after all the tours, after all the partying, everything, he was dead fucking broke. But and and had to like get his act together. And that was like it took him a couple years to like get clean, get his shit together, and then realize he wanted to start singing again and going out. And that's when he started playing these little podunk bars and 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 little you know little venues and everything, and just getting back to his roots. And and and, and God bless him, he pulled him up himself by his bootstraps. Got back together with Steinem, Steinman, excuse me, and uh, that's when uh, I do anything for love basically came of that whole like revival of his spirit and soul or whatever. Um, they gave us some again, gave us some really fantastic music. I, I love the fact that Steinman, still a great writer, and, and had a lot of music to give. He did a, a solo album where he did rock and roll dreams come true. It's like when I heard Meatloaf singing, I'm like thinking to myself, God, this sounds like a song I've heard before, like a 70s song that I've heard before. And then like, you know, doing a little deep dive into that, I realized, oh, wait a minute, Steinman was on his solo album. And it was, yeah. Steinman was an okay singer much better writer than singer yeah he and was he, and he was always he was always writing for meatloaf that was his problem he wasn't writing for himself he was always writing for meatloaf because he knew what he could do with a song and when they re-recorded it with meatloaf holy hell that's a phenomenal song that's a great great song from him the collaboration between Steinman and Meatloaf was tumultuous, but I I think that that there's a there's a shit ton of good that came out of uh, there was a synergy there. Yeah, I mean, there was one quote about it's not like I was wow I, it was in here somewhere. It was, I wasn't writing for my for my buddy, I was, it was, it, he and I were the same person. It was kind of the, the quote or something like that. Um, uh, yeah, they had their ups, they had their downs, they had their differences, but like, what a great, it, it's kind of like Lennon and McCartney almost like the, the writing was there, you know, it's like you had the, you had the perfect writing, you had the perfect voices. Let's do this thing. So I, it, it was a weird collaboration, and and honestly, I'm very glad that they got into the fight that they got into. 
because a lot of the music that came out of that um, was extremely good. Um, they, they needed that break that, from each other to like that break is what gave Bonnie Tyler and and Chicago their number one hits. Yeah. Steinman was a hell of a writer. Oh yeah. And when they came back together like Bad Out of the he- Bad Out of Hell 2, Bad Out of Hell 3, just phenomenal albums. You can sit and listen to all three of those albums and see the progression mm-hmm. in in the writing, in the music, and and it's just it really kind of gives you that wow. Unfortunately, I don't have any of the songs from Bad Out of Hell two or three here because Apple won't let me didn't I send you rock and roll dreams I don't know I got home five minutes before we started this well I sent them to you at least a day ago if not two days ago I even texted you hey I sent you three emails I was trying to do my best (laughs) I know you were I'm not doing my best because I worked my ass off. That's a- <laughs> sorry. It's okay, I'm so man. Sorry. All right, we got a couple more minutes. Okay, I got this weird flex on the government here. Um, there was a point in 2017 where there was a debate in Congress uh, on the economic policy that was argued with meatloaf lyrics. The debate concerned the Economic Growth Regulatory Relief and Consumer Protection Act and saw four members of the Senate quote meatloaf uh, throughout this whole thing. So Senator Sherrod Brown, Democrat from Ohio, kicked things off by pushing back against this bill as meatloaf used to say two out of three ain't bad, but this bill don't even meet the meatloaf minimum. John Kennedy, Republican from LA, immediately hit back saying Meatloaf also saying there ain't no Coupe de Ville in the bottom of a Cracker Jack box. In other words, we live in the real world. Tom Tillis chimed in with he also saying, baby, we can talk all night, but that ain't getting us nowhere. So I'm looking forward to processing the amendments. Chris Van Holland finished with Meatloaf also said, life is a lemon and I want my money back. So on behalf of all the consumers that got the short end of the stick from Wells and Fargo and Equifax, I want a bill to make sure they get their money back. Like, can you imagine being sitting in Congress and they're arguing with lyrics from fucking Meatloaf? That's just, that, that actually, that's not wrong. That's great. <laughs> Uh, Meatloaf tried to stay out of politics most of the time, but totally fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> um, it started with his uh, his climate change agenda. 
Yeah, he was a little against. He, he was a little against the whole the climate's changing thing. He mm-hmm. was it, he he got into like a fight with Greta Thunberg or, or something. He called her brainwashed. Oh, good. Uh, Meatloaf said he did not believe in climate change in an interview with the Daily Mail. He called Greta Thunberg brainwashed due to her views on climate change, saying, I feel for that, Greta. She has been brainwashed. Life. Wait. She has been brainwashed into thinking that there is climate change and there isn't. She hasn't done anything wrong, but she's been forced into thinking that what she is saying is true. God, I am just like the... I'm just not going to read You're the worst narrator ever. Um... Yeah, he he tried to stay out of politics all his life. He did endorse Mitt Romney. Okay. Um, he always leaned more Republican than Democrat. Um, he actually supported Rick Santorum and John McCain. And... Uh, he made positive remarks about President Donald Trump. But then in 2020 said he was not 100% supportive of Trump. <laughs> I'm going to change my mind on that one. Hold on. <laughs> um, yeah. I... I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this uh, gentleman's life. Uh, it was a roller coaster, if anything. We talked about the vegetarian, right? Yeah. He, like, and, and some council wanted him to change his name to, oh, God, what was it? The, the something loaf, but it was like not meatloaf. Uh, I'm going to have to find that after the break. Uh, let's see here. Um, Meatloaf was a vegetarian from 1981 to 1992, discussing the confusing, uh, the confusion caused by his contrasting stage name and dietary habits. He once told Entertainment Weekly. There have been vegetarians who wouldn't speak to me because of my name. I was sitting with bon, John Bon Jovi at one of those award things, and I say, oh, man, I love Katie Lang. i really like to meet her. They went to find out if it was okay, and she goes, no, his name is Meatloaf. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, it was the UK <laughs> restaurant chain Frankie and Benny's. That wanted him to change his name for the vegan or something like that. Yeah, it was, I like they wanted to change his name to Veg Loaf or something shitty like that, because he was a vegan and you know, yeah, much weirdness. What the hell is veganuary? <laughs> oh God, I just read that too. 
Uh, he declared in 2019 we tried veganism for the January. Now there's a link. Um, okay. An annual challenge run by UK nonprofit organization that promotes and educates about veganism by encouraging people to follow a vegan lifestyle for the month of January. Since this event began in 2014, participation has increased each year. 400,000 people have signed up to the 2020 campaign, and it represents the carbon dioxide equivalent to 450,000 flights and the lives of more than a million animals. Although the flip side of veganism is like if you eat nothing but like tofu and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I love, I, well, I, I love listening to, to non-vegans talk about the fact that all those soybean fields and everything like that, they kill hundreds of thousands of animals to quit them from eating the soybeans. They put tons of pesticides down to kill all the insects that are going to eat all of the things. Is it, it, oh, oh, uh, that is one big pile of shit. Not Todd Rundgren. It was uh, Ted Nugent was talking about. It. It was like, you have to kill more animals to feed a vegan than you have to kill to feed a meat eater. I was like, when they opened Disneyland mm. in 1956, nothing worked. Yeah, but John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. <laughs> There's plants eating tourists. <laughs> um, I'm, I might try that next year um, for the oh, month hell of no. January. Yeah. I did a vegetarian lifestyle for about a year when i was working at uh the italian restaurant it was pretty easy you had pasta you had cheese pizzas i couldn't go full vegan uh, um, I, there's no way let me ask you a question have you had tofu yeah have you I had eat miso soup all the time i like it have you had tofu for an entire week no i'm gonna tell you right now you fart like a motherfucker. <laughs> I, every step you take. <laughs> I, uh, worst dis. I dated. Dysentery. <laughs> I dated a vegan once. And um, I. People. Please don't send me the hate mail because I am tired of the hate mail. I do not say that vegan people are are bad people. I could not deal with it myself, personally. I couldn't stop farting. It's it was like, bad. I, I love eggs. I love cheese. I, I, I couldn't do it. I just, I couldn't give it up. Hey. Take a mighty shit. And that's what I did every day. <laughs> As well. You like movies about gladiators. And finally, for my ex-wife. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. We're going to wrap this up. And I hope you've had a good time. See you in a little bit.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Phenomenal timing on that song. Good Lord. I know. That's like our perfect break song. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you remember the first time you ever heard Bat Out of Hell? 1977. I think that was the same year for me. And honestly, I think it was the very first album I ever bought. Had it on vinyl, first press. Um, oh, dude, I, I wore that album out. I remember one of my friends in school went over to his house for whatever. And I believe his older sister had this album and was playing it. I, I was kind of blown away. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Cause like, like I had been into the Beatles, like even their early stuff, fifties music, stuff like that. I, I listened to older music and this was the perfect blend of fifties updated I can't even say for the 70s. It was kind of transcendent. It was heavy rock, but really influenced by the 50s. Um, a great blend. I, I was kind of blown away by this album and, and, and always held this album in such high esteem. I mean, I, I know I had this on a track. I had this on cassette at some point in time. I don't know if I ever had it on vinyl, but, uh, it was I, definitely there. There were three albums that I played to death: uh, the Pretenders' first album, the Cars' first album, and this one. And they're just they're solid music from start to finish. They're just they're phenomenal. My my first album I ever bought was Meatloaf "Bad Out of Hell." I had it on vinyl. When the vinyl got wore out <laughs> from overuse, I purchased the cassette. And when the cassette got worn out, I purchased the CD. As a matter of fact, everything that you listened to tonight was downloaded from my CD. Um, I thought I sent you some music. You you did, but it was a meatloaf show. I have meatloaf. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the album "Bad Out of the Hell," "Bad Out of Hell." First song, "Bad Out of Hell." We just played it for our break song. Um, just the way that that. The way that that opens, it builds you up for that whole album. <clears throat> you have, you took the words out, or, or well, let's let's go to Heaven Can Wait. Probably one of the top ballads ever written and sung by a guy who's got a voice and a half. Yeah. Two out of three ain't bad. I mean, 
looking at this album, <clears throat> Bad Out of the Let's Hell. Say, wait, wait. Bad Out of Hell, you took the words right out of my mouth. Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait, all revved up, no place to go. That's side one. Then side you start off two side two. Two, two out, out of three. three ain't bad. Paradise by the dashboard's lights. And for crying out loud. And the last for crying song. out loud, you know I love you. Just that whole album meant something to me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take Burke back. <laughs> I'm going to take Burke back into history here. Sherman, set the Wayback Machine to... <laughs> 1994. Okay. Scott got married. Was it 90? No, 1995 I got married. Uh, I had dated her since like 93. The woman with many names. Sandy Rodriguez, Rushmore Rodriguez, Gromit Rodriguez, Davis Rodriguez, Zyger Rodriguez. Don't know what the next one is, but I'm sure I could find it on Facebook if I ever wanted to talk to that bitch again. But we got uh, I married. I love that. Just so you know, I love that. It's slightly longer <laughs> than your title. Lord Count. Lord Count. <laughs> um private (laughs) (laughs) but we we were at my wedding burke was my best man phenomenal speech yeah it was the best speech ever ever. wait (laughs) best best man speech ever ever <laughs> so I put as much effort into that speech as your old lady put into your marriage. <laughs> um <laughs> emotional damage. Uh, so, so so we're 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 at my uh wedding reception yes and i get all the guys up and we stand on one side of the room and we get all the girls up and they stand on the other side of the room and all of a sudden you hear And all the guys sing the meatloaf part. And all the girls sing the girls part. And it was like one of the best times of my life. I, I, I won't lie. We did the same thing at our wedding. I love that song. Just, oh, meatloaf was an icon through the 70s, through the 80s. Yep. But honestly, he became an idol in the 90s and 2000s because this this album kept selling. Yeah. 
It still sells 200,000 albums per year, per year to this day. Just, just, there's never going to be, uh, we talk about the Beatles. We talk about, the Beatles were an anomaly from the 60s, and they're yeah. still pertinent now. Yeah. You talk about Aerosmith. What a fantastic career. Um yeah, but I mean, this one album, it, it, it is, it's on, it's on the, the, it's in the top 50 of the best albums of all time, uh-huh. uh, but Rolling Stones magazine, it, it's just, it, it's a piece of history. Uh, it's a piece of artwork is what it is. And, and if you listen to the album, each song goes into the next song. It's it's like you could sit there and listen to it over and over and over again. I've I've always been a a, a big fan of Pink Floyd, and right. Because some of their lot, albums just like the one song flows into the next song, it flows into yeah. the next song, but nothing like this. I mean, the only better albums, the the Cars first album, it does it even better than this but the songs aren't quite as impactful at least not all of them as this album i mean this this album will speak to anybody if you listen to it you're like oh god that's me you know you know i i have a weird taste in music and merlion is my favorite band but i got hooked on merlion because of the album brave which is all basically all 11 songs play into each other and that's the way this album is um whatever freaking mood you're in you can pull a song off of this album and it'll explain what you're feeling paradise by the dashboard lights we most everyone's been there (laughs) it's like it's relatable that was the thing like when you saw a video of meatloaf like he is not a leading man he is not a rock star like that stereotypical rock star with is he had greasy stringy hair and he was sweating to death that he was wearing a a tuxedo shirt you're like what the hell am i watching but you're like yeah i i relate i get it that was a lot of us back in the day unsure about ourselves we didn't feel like we looked like the jock whatever you know he was the everyman yeah he was um oh here it is He, uh, oh, sorry. I gotta know right now. Before we go any further, do you love me? Will you love me forever? Do you need me? Will you never leave me? Will you make me so happy for the rest of my life? Will you take me away? Thank you. Let me sleep on it, baby, baby, let me sleep on it. 
you get that one song they sent you, Like a Rose? I gotta know right now. <laughs> if, if you haven't figured it out, I haven't checked my email. <laughs> I texted you and told you I sent you music. When did I have time? <laughs> well, tell you what, go to YouTube real quick. Pull up Like a Rose by Meatloaf. Like, have you ever heard the song? I don't think so. Oh, I couldn't tell at first that it was Meatloaf. I swear to God, I thought it was like Jack Black. I swear I thought it was Snacious D at first. In this town, you know she's gonna find it. She's like the devil in a short skirt, but I don't mind it. Everybody thinks I'm crazy, but they don't even know. She's kinda like a rose. She'll cut you on your thumb. She'll kick you when you're low. And fuck you when she's done. shit huh <laughs> that is some crunchy shit 2010 man he was still rocking not a decade ago man wow <laughs> he was he was iconic and yeah. uh i don't know what else to say about him um, yeah, I, I'm kind of talked out about it. I mean, I could go on about that one album forever. You know, I mean, God, we could talk about Todd Rundgren and Jen Steinem forever. Um, oh, my God. If you've never look, if you're young, do yourself a favor. Go on to YouTube, pull up that album, listen to it front to back. See what you think. It, it's an album that you could release today. And it would still be popular. It wouldn't be a number one hit today, but it would 
it, it's a rock and album it's it's throwback music it's it, it appeals to so many different emotions it, it, it's just it, it's a piece of iconic music man just to check it out i have a where was he buried tennessee i believe but i don't know uh oh he was cremated dallas burial ashes given to his surviving widow yeah somebody's carrying around meatloaf yeah it's that wait 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 that means technically he's still touring (laughs) i find that just a little (laughs) little let it give me a little bit of hope he's still out there (sighs) rolling around man what a great guy um all right ladies and gentlemen i think uh i think it's i think it's time uh wrap it up meatloaf's dead so are we (laughs) aren't we all oh all except for my ex-wife hey try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot um you seem to have some anger issues with your ex-wife. Who me? I, I just I, I I feel it's a pretty subtle thing. Not me? everybody picks up on it. Who who me? No. Maybe. Just like maybe. The wrong week to quit amphetamines. <laughs> just do another line of coke, man. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, please remember davisanddavisshow.com. Because it's going to show you all of our podcasts and pictures and cool stuff. And if you want some bizarre merchandise, Where? you can go to the davisanddavisshow.com. Because everyone needs a seven sweater. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I could make cap or a brooch or pterodactyl. Um. <laughs> And you could make a pterodactyl with our shirts. All right, people. Um, It was a fabulous night. Sadly, I have not heard from Bailey. I'm very sad. The the cart girl I was talking about last week. Ah. You're surprised about this. Totally sad. But Sarah... One of our cart girls from last year came back for the summer while she's on a uh, break from school at Auburn. The great thing about college girls, they stay Stop. <laughs> get older and they stay the same age. <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> All right, people. Uh, hope you had a good time with uh, some meatloaf tonight. We'll be back. We're Actually, not sure with what, but we will be back. Oh, we're like we're athlete's foot. We're supposed to do Guardians of the Galaxies next week. We don't week. have to. We can do something different. But I yeah. really want to do it, but I haven't seen it yet. Well, it, it happens. Don't worry about it, man. Have you seen it? Yes. I, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely love it. I'm, I'm going to go see it this week. I okay. We will do Guardians of the Galaxy next week. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Listen to this. Listen to this. 
It gets so big right here. Now turn up the volume, baby. Rock and roll opera. My God, that is one of my favorite songs <laughs> by Meatloaf. Just I mean, it's it, it kind of jerks at you. Oh. Well, I'm feeling so dry for giving me the answers when I'm asking you why. And my, oh my, for that I thank you. Shit, why was this not on our list for um for the Stay Together songs? Oh God! Well, most of his stuff was breakup songs. <laughs> well, he didn't have the best life. Yeah. <laughs> Builds you up, cools you down, starts building you back up.
singer just gives it 150 fucking percent every time he's every song which just punched just every single one of them it's just oh my god that that entire album there's a reason that it's one of the top selling albums in the world today yeah (laughs) that's it's timeless music that will last forever just like the beatles just like pink floyd just like peter gabriel yeah um anyways hey come on back next week hopefully we'll talk about guardians of the galaxy next week we have guardians of the galaxies next week hopefully we can stay sober through a show i'm okay how are you i feel pretty damn good i can hit <laughs> I, you're not slurring and you're hitting the buttons right? the <laughs> for the most part yeah i can hit buttons <laughs> i hate that i hate that button all right kids all right have a good night have i hope everyone week. enjoyed meatloaf we'll see y'all next week take care best album ever ever all right we're gone credit card bill.